0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: We're back folks here on another edition of the Michigan basketball insider off of pause. The play button has officially been pressed joining me to talk about that, to discuss the Wolverines moving forward. Now is a guy who wore the uniform played at a very high level of first round draft pick out of the university of Michigan, Tim McCormick also now on the commentary side doing analysis for Fox sports Detroit with Pistons broadcast. And then of course, Uh, doing his analysis on the college basketball side of things as well uh, as a broadcaster. And then it's my guy here on the podcast. Tim, how are you? Sam, it's about time. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) It's good to talk to you and actually have something to talk about. And and I feel like we've already had our preseason talk. It was in mid-November, right before Thanksgiving. We broke down the team and we projected what they'll look like against, I think it was Bowling Green in their first game. And and seriously, this, this is just like preseason number two. Um, it was definitely a nice break for the team to be able to to get away and recharge, um, kind of like the all-star break for NBA players. And and now they've got eight, nine, ten days to get in shape, to sharpen the offense, to get some scrimmaging in, to eliminate the rustiness. And Sam, on Sunday, Michigan has its first scrimmage of the preseason number two. Um, they're they're going to go scrimmage. Wisconsin Badgers, the number one, number twenty-one team in the country, um, on CBS at one o'clock. Probably Bill Raftery or Clark Kellogg sitting right there, and they'll be calling this scrimmage with Gus Johnson, and probably ten to fifteen million people watching across the country. So the the big question is: Will Michigan be sharp? Will they be in shape? Are they rested or rusty? And and then they get to make that 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 really challenging sprint to the finish line over the next. What twenty seven, twenty eight days?
1: Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how much rust. I think it would be, uh, it, it would be a surprise if there was no rust after such a long layoff. But I, as we've been over several times, I, I just think the way this team is playing heading into the pause, the great leadership they have on the team uh, from the player side and the coaching side. I just, even if they struggle in this game, I just don't think it'll be prolonged. I was curious your thoughts on the decision to. Uh, you know to to have a, a longer ramp up period they did have a game scheduled for during the week against illinois they decided to postpone that contest curious from your perspective how you felt about that what you thought about that you know the sort of the feeling that hey after being off for such a long time you needed a little more time to get prepared to actually play a game
2: well i am um, i know all along that the decision makers were thinking about the players health um, yeah, look, I'm I'm like a lot of people, I'm frustrated. I, I, I thought that the men's and women's team did a really good job of creating a bubble and they weren't allowed to play. But I do appreciate the fact that anytime you're looking out for an athlete's best interest, that is a positive thing. And so if they're going to remain consistent, you can't have them sit out for twenty days and then all of a sudden you're playing after two practices against Illinois. That that would not be fair. Um I, I think that I think it's going to be um I think it's going to be a, a really interesting thing to see how they they progress through their workouts. I don't think conditioning will be a problem. Um these these are finely tuned athletes. Um they're in the prime of their life and and I'm sure that they were they were filming Peloton commercials basically. <laughs> right. They they were doing jumping jacks and jumping ropes. And, you know, going to the park and running up and down a big hill. And I think that some of the savvy veterans probably have built some pretty good relationships over the years and, and found places to get in the gym on their own secretly. So I, I think that they're going to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. So one of the keys, though, mindset is we talked to Saudi about it, right? Yeah, the, the messages that they deliver to the team so they could fight through the frustration because, you know, if, if if you're frustrated, if fans are frustrated, imagine the guys that are actually playing the games, getting, you know, having such a, a good run in the season. Their frustration has to be, you know, 10 times higher. How do you navigate through that frustration and stay focused on the things that you can control? This is where we get to the messages, Tim, that that Juwan sent to the guys as they headed into the pause and as they fought through it.
2: Well, there's two ways to look at it. There, there is the wrong way, which was my initial reaction, <laughs> um, that that this is a 13-1 and one team. Why are you pulling them out of competition when they are among the best in the, the country? Um, but then I, I took a step back, and I remember something that, that that Juwan Howard always talks about. He says, let's get 1% better every day. And And if you do that during the quarantine, they should be 20% better. And what we saw at Purdue on January what twenty second I think it was, and so I started thinking, what would 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 the right mindset be, dealing with something like this? And last week we talked about managing adversity. When you manage the negatives in your life, you take an optimistic viewpoint, and and so I think that that this two week layoff doesn't need to be a negative. It really doesn't. You can use it. As an excuse, if you want, and many around college basketball have done that. Uh, instead, I know Jawan Howard is an extremely positive and optimistic guy. So I'm pretty sure, I, I think I can promise you this, that 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 Jawan Howard will have the growth mindset going. That's who he is. And that's who he is training his players to be. So I came up with, with three things that I think, that, that will be in Juwan's mes- messaging when he, he gets his team together and gets them ready. The first one is this. Guys, we are so fortunate that our team is healthy. So many others in this country have been decimated by COVID, and we have no positive cases. What, what a blessing. What an advantage for our team. And the COVID virus is a killer. It hurts your lung capacity as an athlete. You know, who knows what else. But we don't have that issue because we're healthy and we're ready to go. And when you hear that message, the guys have to, to start thinking, wow, we are so blessed. We are in a perfect position. You know, we're, we're optimistic. We're encouraged. The, the second message is that most college basketball teams, Sam, right now are beat up. They're sore. Mm-hmm. They're tired. They're limping around. And, and even though they're in the home stretch, you know, they've had that, that sore ankle for the last three weeks. And, you know, they they got hit in the face and broke their nose and their shoulders kind of achy and they probably need surgery in the offseason on an injured finger. I mean, there's a, a lot of stuff that's going on. And, and I could hear Joan saying, guys, there are 350 D1 schools in college basketball and 349 of them are fatigued right now. There's only one school that's rested and that's the Michigan Wolverines. Our injuries are healed. And I could see him walking over to Eli and say, Eli, how's your foot feel? <laughs> right. Darn right it feels good. And you you knocked your teeth out. How, how's that going? You look great. And then, you know, Isaiah, how's your groin injury? Oh, it's completely healed. That's great. And and our mind is fresh, guys, and we're ready to win the Big Ten title and get to a Final Four and win. So, so I could see him bringing that kind of a message to his guys, and I think that's appropriate. And then the last one, he's going to say that, for the last two weeks, guys, our coaches have been watching four and five and six games of our upcoming opponents and studying their tendencies. And we know their plays and their personnel as, we know, as well as we know our own. Um, our scouting reports are, are dialed in completely. Our strengths and weaknesses are ready to get sharpened. And we can be unstoppable. And so I, I think that the, the more I think about Juwan's positivity – and the optimism of his staff, I think that they're going to go into Wisconsin and and I think they're going to be ready to go. And and I don't see that that this 20 day layoff is going to is going to be as negative for Michigan as it would be for ninety nine point nine percent of the other teams.
1: Yeah, I think one of the great things uh, about and you grow to appreciate it as you participate in a team sport, people's reaction to adversity. Is not uniform. You know, people don't process it necessarily the same way that you do, uh, and so uh, being able to appeal to guys in a way that can get them thinking in unison uh, in response to adversity is one of the true, uh, I think, arts of course, The guys who can do that the best to get all the guys focused on one thing, so they're reacting in the same way. And I think Jawan, number one, giving them. Uh, a a a focus as far as their regimen is concerned. I mean, you guys as as finely tuned athletes, college, NBA, Tim, your your creature's a habit. There's a rhythm, there's a routine to preparation, a routine to what you do. How do you avoid as much disruption as you possibly can? And one of the things he said he did was, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna have every guy send in their workout, and it, there's an accountability to that." For To your teammates, there is a keeping with your routine to that. For your teammates, there's a focus, to your point, mindset-wise to that. I can do – this is something that I can do. This is something that my teammates are doing. We are all still focused on this same goal. I think one of the great things about Jawan Howard as a coach is he is so dialed into how you have to coach guys mentally, Tim. Uh, And, again, it's not – to me, that's not something that you really understand Unless you play a team sport at any level, really at any level, when you're on a team and you see how you react to one thing and the guy next to you is not reacting to it the same way at all, how do you get all those guys together focused and reacting in unison? And I think Juwan Howard gets that.
2: Yeah. If if um if any of our listeners want a great book to look into the the um the mindset and psyche of Juwan Howard, it's a book by Dr. Carol Dweck called mindset and it's one of my favorite books ever and and a, a growth mindset is constantly looking for ways to work harder and to find new strategies and just to keep getting better and a fixed mindset tends to blame other people mm-hmm. blame situations i you know this is so unfair i don't deserve this you know a, a perfect example what is your response when you're in school and you take a test and you get a d and and immediately The fixed mindset person says, you know, the teacher didn't cover that or, you know, I I had three other tests on the same day. I didn't have a chance to to study enough or that I had a headache. I mean, there's always a reason, and excuse, but a growth mindset person says, you know what? Good wake up call. You know, I'm going to get better from this. I'm going to relook over my notes. I'm going to go talk to my teacher. I'm going to create a study group. They're, they're always looking for ways to get better, mm-hmm. and, and that's what this is right here. A growth mindset is going to say, guys, we're going we're gonna to win a championship this year. We're going to win a national championship in Indianapolis, and we're going to look back at this 20-day period as a test of our resolve and our mental toughness, and we're not going to let anything get us down, and we're going to get rested, and we're going to come back healthy and strong and fresh in our mind. That that's that's definitely a growth mindset.
1: Yeah, you. I, I think you hit on it a couple of podcasts ago when the pause was uh, just about. So say, look, Sam, this can be. You can make of this what you want. You just touched on that again. You know, you got Eli's foot can get better. You have, uh, you know, you can get uh, Zay. You get Isaiah Livers totally healthy, right? If if there is a freshman wall which we talked about. This is a chance for Hunter Dickinson to get refreshed mentally and physically. The other piece of it, and Jawan spoke to this, he said, I'm not a sitting-on-my-hands kind of guy. So this gives us an opportunity to really look harder at ourselves against some of these opponents. We can go back and look at the original game, or the initial game against Wisconsin, even though we blew them out. We can look at the things we can do better. We can dial deep, uh, take a deeper dive in the t- to the teams we're going to face. Like He didn't say this team, but I want – Want your take on them because to me they're one of the stories of the Big Ten during the pause period for Michigan, in my opinion. That's the emergence of Ohio State and the run that they have been on. They have been tremendous. And the thing that has really stuck out to me, Tim, is they are they are taking it two teams in their gyms. They're going to other people's houses and giving it to them on their court. And they have emerged as the top ten, one of the top teams in the country. And I'm curious of your, of your breakdown of them at this point.
3: Well,
2: they're they're physical and they're tough, and they play like an Ohio State team. Um, I, I can I can just remember the the you know the play of Jimmy Jackson and Carter Scott. I mean, just going through their history, I love their guard play and. And there's some great depth. You know, I didn't expect Walker to be such a good player. And, you know, Dwayne is from from the state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And and so it's always a really big game for him. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, gosh, he's an all-Big Ten player. And EJ Liddell, it shouldn't be a surprise because he's a two-time player of the year in the state of Illinois. And he's a super tough cover. He's strong. He's looking like a pro to me. And, And so... Look, Michigan's not playing right now, but I'd have to say that that right now, if you start the Big Ten tournament today, that Ohio State is the favorite, and mm. and I, I mean I'm I'm looking at them thinking that that they're playing their A game, and in this league, it's quite possible two weeks from now they may be completely out of the race. But right now, th- this team is built for success.
1: Yes, they are, and you know, case in point to to back up the point that I I made. Uh, a moment ago they went to Rutgers and put it on Rutgers by by 11 they went to Illinois uh, and and won in Champaign they went to Iowa uh, and took care of business against Iowa Tim they you know this is a squad that uh, you know you look at what they've done on the road and I know this is this is a year where you're talking about teams not really having to play in venues with with the crowd there but that's that's impressive. I, I don't care what the circle. They go to Wisconsin in the last one, which obviously Michigan about to play uh, in the last, uh, you know, you know, really re- one of the last um, double-digit victories on the road that they had. You know, all of those are really impressive. At Iowa uh, and the job they did there, that to me is what really – they were supposed to be good. Let's make no mistake. There were some teams or some pundits who had Ohio State Ranked ahead of Michigan in the preseason, so it's not a surprise that they're good. It's a surprise that they're this good, especially on the road.
2: Yeah, and the strange thing about it, by the way, when when you ripped off all of those games that they just won, I just kind of threw out there the fact that to me, just the eye test, they look like the best team. But when you said that, I patted myself on the back and said, "You go, Tim. That <laughs> that's exactly right." I mean, their their work goes goes ahead and and says it, but one of the things that's unique about, about Ohio state who has the best backcourt in the big 10? Well, I mean, definitely you'd have to put Illinois there Mm -hmm. and Iowa's guards are really good. I love trice. You know, I think Michigan is in the equation, but I don't think a lot of people would say, yeah, Ohio state's guards are amongst the best in the big 10. And if you look at their front court, you know, Iowa and Illinois and Wisconsin and Michigan, their front court would probably be ranked right? ahead of Ohio States too, but it's the collective. They play as a team. They're good on offense. I don't know if they're dominant and they're, they're good on defense, but I wouldn't say they're dominant. I, I don't know what their, their greatest strength is, but I will say this together. They can beat anybody. And now all of a sudden they're looking at being a, you know, a two seed maybe with the potential to go higher.
1: Well, the only team they haven't beaten yet uh, as far as the top teams in the league, Michigan. And so that is going to be an extremely intriguing matchup when it happens. But one game at a time, next on the docket for the Maize and Blue, the matchup with Wisconsin. So we will preview that a little bit down the line. But the first thing we have to do, Tim, is talk to this young man, young freshman, Terrence Williams, who I remember back earlier in the season. And he started to get minutes, uh, you know, off the bench. And you and I were say, look, the way this kid's playing, he's got to be a rotation guy. He's got to be a guy that you go deeper in your bench for. He's going to give you effort. He's going to give you energy. He's going to give you toughness and physicality. Uh, and so he's been a spark plug guy. Maybe the minutes ha- haven't been as consistent as we predicted they would be, but still, when his number is called, Tim, he's the guy that you know what you're going to get when you put him on the floor.
2: You know, I. I think that Terrence Williams has a huge future, and if you're going to be successful, you need somebody like him that's tough and physical and skilled. And as a freshman, he and Hunter Dickinson absolutely saved the game against Oakland. Their play against that zone defense was really special, and against UCF, he had double-figure points. So I, I want to get into what it's like being a freshman away from home during COVID. So Sam, let's talk to Terrence Williams
1: And we are pleased to be joined now by one of the DMV boys, as they call him. We were talking to Coach Stevens, uh, and he said, look, you guys are about to get some toughness. You're about to get some some grit and determination out there and a lot of skill as well. Uh, you know, one of the top guys in the country coming out of high school in his freshman season at the University of Michigan. Terrence Williams joins us here on the Michigan Basketball Insider. Terrence, how are you?
3: I'm doing good.
2: Hey, Terrence, thanks for joining us. And I, I, I think you've got a massive future with Michigan. Um,
3: Every good team
2: has guys like you that are are smart and tough and physical and and highly skilled. And you've had a really good freshman year. You played 13 or 14 games so far. What have you learned this season as a freshman?
3: You know, as a freshman, I just came in and learned, you know, a lot of the little things uh, that freshmen usually take, you know, for granted. Uh, I know a lot of defense, like coming in. I didn't play, like, I played defense in high school, but it wasn't the level of defense I'm playing in the Big Ten right now and that you see, like, on TV. So I came and I had to learn a lot of defensive strategies, you know, uh, going through ball screens, uh, you know, helping out the defender, being in the right spots in the right time. So stuff like that, just the little things. And even, like, when it comes to, like, rebounding, I had to learn how to actually box out. You know, bigger opponents because, you know, in the Big Ten, is very physical. So, those are the biggest two things I learned mostly on the defense end. And even on the offense end with Coach Jawan Howard, you know, I had to learn spacing because, uh, you know, we play with pace and space. So, just being in the right spots in the corner or the break of the arc, you know, just little things like that to help the offense get open.
2: Terrence, isolation is one of the greatest challenges that people have endured with COVID. Um, How have you coped with being away from your family and your friends and and even over the last 20 days or so, even your teammates? You know, what what is a typical day like for you and how do you stay busy?
3: Yeah, so I'm not going to lie. It's it's, it's been kind of hard, especially with the family part. But, you know, I have school during the day. So I have uh, 8 a.m.s, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and I have classes every other day uh, at 1030. So I have classes in the morning and even tutoring. So that ends at like 1 and then, we, uh, I, you know, I take, like, a quick cat nap, you know, from, like, one to two. And then I got practice from, that's most of my day. I actually practice last, I'm in the gym about four to five hours a day. And then outside of that, um, I do homework. And then I FaceTime my parents mostly. Uh, well, we FaceTime mostly every other day. We try to get, you know, some quality time in. Uh, when they're at the dinner table, you know, I just call in real quick, and, you know, see how everything's going, check up on everybody. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard uh, during these times. But, you know, I'm coping with it.
1: So Terrence, one of the things that I I think is unique and Tim and I were talking about this earlier is Juwan Howard is so much into, you know, coaching up the mental preparedness as much as the physical. I mean, as much as you guys are, are working on, you know, pace and space and defensive principles, the right mindset is something that he really focuses on. So as you guys were we're, we're, you know, waiting to come back. One of the things he was focused on was, hey, just work on getting better. Whatever way you can, get better. So in this in the time that you were off, where would you say you're better? What did you focus on? Where can you come off of this pause saying, you know what, I got better in that area during the time off?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, we talked about the mental part. You know, the two weeks off, I think that definitely helped my mental. You know, just taking a break from basketball. You know, basketball is going all, you know, I've been starting since the summertime. So, you know, that two-week break, even though it was, like, kind of bad, and messed up our rhythm, you know, I just couldn't look at it that way. I had to look at the positives that came from a break. And a mental break, you know, it's just to my, ease my mind, ease my body physically and mentally to come back ready prepared for the stretch we're about to have now. I think that's a big factor. I think that actually is going to help us. Like, people, you know, they think about, oh, we might be out of shape or we might, like, lose, like, you know, a little chemistry, but... People don't realize that we were physically and like mentally. I think we all got stronger over this two-week uh, quarantine, and then we all got came together too. Like we had Zoom meetings uh, with Coach Howard and each other, and we had film sessions. So I think we got even closer.
1: Well, and you know, you and Hunter were already close, and you know, I talked to I mentioned Coach Stevens earlier from Team Takeover, and you know, he was he was really really confident that you guys were going to come in. And we were going to feel your impact right away. He just said, you know, knowing you guys, coaching you for a number of years, he just felt like, hey, you know, they're ready. Were you surprised at all? I mean, I know you said it was tough. There was a tough part of the adjustment. But did you feel like, were you at all surprised, whether it's you or with Hunter and how well he's done, that you guys have been able to hit the ground running as well as you have?
3: You know, uh, coming in, I, I thought it was going to be a little a little bit tougher. Like, for me, you know, with all the plays and, like, the defensive, all the principles. But, you know, I, I did think I was going to come in and, like, attribute a little bit uh, with what I bring to the table. Like, uh, Coach Keith said, you know, like, the toughness factor. I feel like uh, a big part of why Jamal recruited me is because of that. And I actually got – that's part of the reason why I've been playing a little bit is because of my toughness factor and what I bring on the defense end and the physicality I bring. So you know, just coming in like I did have to learn a lot of stuff, but you know, a couple of advantages I had was the toughness and uh, you know the defensive uh, factor, the physicality, you know, the banging inside, outside versatility. I thought I was going to be able to contribute that to the game right away.
2: So, Terrence, I um, I was looking back at some of the top 100 rosters from the past. Actually, Sam was at the top 100 camp when you were there. Mm-hmm. And I found it interesting, um, you and Hunter already knew each other, and he was at the camp, but both of your years at the Top 100, there was another Michigan presence that was on your team. Can you share
3: that? Yes. Yeah, so, my, um, going junior year, uh, I made the NBA Top 100 camp, and Fox was on my team. He was an international prospect. But at the time, like, I really didn't, I didn't know him like that because, like, he's an international prospect. But you know, I, I mean, I talked to him a little bit, and I like our group sessions, you know, that when we break off. And as like a year later, he committed to Michigan, and it was crazy. And then the next year, I went my senior year, I had Zed Jackson already there, and he was committed to Michigan. But at that time, with Zev, I knew Zay was going. To, I knew he was going to Michigan, and that's when uh, Jawan came and saw me because that was his first time, I think, uh, seeing recruits at the NBA Top 100 camp because he had just got the job. So you know, me and Zay talked a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, Michigan—that's a nice school. I, ho- I hope Jawan looks at me. And Zay was uh, telling me, like, yeah, he definitely gonna look at you, bro. Just keep grinding. <laughs>
2: do you um do you have any good stories you can share about your time with those guys, or especially Hunter because you've known him for so long? What's a good story that will make us laugh? Uh,
3: with Hunter, I got. Uh, let me think about a story, Hunter. You know, Hunter, like he's like a, he's like a big kid. So uh, you know, our first day here, uh like working out, um, you know, we doing drills and stuff. And uh, you know, he, he's a big kid, so like he had to transform his body, you know, get back in shape, stuff like that. So we had our, our first college workout, right? And we go back in a locker room and this man, like his big seven, two just lays out on the floor, flat on the floor with no chairs like. <laughs> Bro, I'm dead. How do I can do this too as long? And like, and like he was about to pass. It like he was about to pass out, and it was the most funniest thing I've seen in the locker room set. Like that's top three funniest I've seen in the locker room. It was the first day we had our workout, and it was hilarious.
1: Well, hey, you know what? Obviously, it made him it made him tougher. He got through that workout because he's doing really, really well on the court. And Michigan is doing really well in the DMV, Terrence. And I, I, I wonder if you could put your finger on it. I mean. Is it is it just a recognition for Jawan from his his time with the with the Bullets? I mean, it's not just you guys. I mean, they're they're really resonating in the DMV now. I mean, there are players down there now that are really checking for Michigan hard. What would you attribute that to? You
3: know, I, I think a, a part of it is that he played with the Bullets. Uh, he talked about that a lot. Like you know, back in D, like he saw these, like he lived in DC, so he saw like everything that was going on. He knows like people from DC, you know how tough they are. So, I mean, that could contribute to it. And also, I think the DMV has the best talent in the country. You know, even in our little pocket, uh, we produce multiple pros each year, high-level D1 players all over each team across the country. I feel like we have the best uh, prospects in the whole country. I think every college, you know, should take a look. But Jawan's definitely going to take a look at that, you know, maybe because uh, me and Hunter went and they know what they're going to get from DMV kids.
1: Gotcha. All right. So, we talked about, you know, how Jawan, how the coaching staff, during the pause, is really focused on you guys having the right mindset. But the best teams, the most successful teams, have great leadership from the player ranks. So I'm curious what the what the guys were saying, what what Zay was saying to the rest of you guys, what Eli was saying. To, you know, the the older guys on the squad. What messages were they sending to you guys during the pause? Yeah, so I definitely
3: think Isaiah was the most vocal. I'm um, about it. And, you know, he was just saying, like, everybody was mad. You know, we were mad that we had the two-week layoff, you know, even though we were staying disciplined, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, Isaiah just said, you know, we just got to keep staying together, keep doing what Coach uh, is saying for us to do. Like, he sent us work – our strength and conditioning coach sent us workouts to do. You know, just stay in shape and try to keep doing the work. So when we get back on the court, it's just not that much of a layoff. Like, I mean, of course it's going to be a little rusty, but it's not as bad as, like, just literally sitting down for two weeks. So that was the main thing he, uh, Isaiah was talking about: just staying active and staying together, you know, on a Zoom calls and even in our group chats, you know, just checking up on each other during the two-week layoffs.
2: Terence, you're an excellent interview. Just want to say that um, this is, this is very interesting for me. So good job. Um, I just have a couple of other questions. I, you know, this is your second preseason, basically, and how are things different right now as you prepare for Wisconsin? Are the, the practices longer? Is there more conditioning, uh more film sessions? What what how is it different now and what is a practice like as you get ready for this weekend?
3: Yeah, so like you said, it it is literally basically like two preseasons. But I think the um first preseason it was much slower. So I would say so like uh we'll spend like a day on maybe like show drill or like a day on um just one set of the offense, like one play calls. But whereas right now you know, when we got back, we, we were doing a and 0 offense. We were doing every single play, like, horns, three, like, all of, all of the plays that we have. And then on the defense, we're doing, like, two things. Like, maybe we'll do closeouts and shell. Uh, maybe we'll do pick-and-roll defense in the middle, pick-and-roll defense on the sideline. And, you know, so it, I think it's just much faster because, like you said, we play Wisconsin on Sunday. So, and that's a top 15 team right there. And we don't have that much time to, like, you know, get ourselves together. So we gotta try to. That's I would not say cram, but you know, speed up the process of coming back so we could be prepared. So I'm I'm glad to hear you hear hear you say that you've got respect for Wisconsin
2: because you know, like Sam and I, we, we think Wisconsin's really tough because we've seen them over the years. But for you, you, you guys were up by 40, you beat <laughs> by 23. You probably think these guys are sorry, but but why should I be confident? That, that you guys are ready to go in and beat Wisconsin in their building?
3: Yeah, so I, I just think everybody should be, uh, you know, confident because we're not taking them for granted. Like we, like Coach Juwan said, we lost by 40. We're we circling that team on our schedule. We're ready for them to come in our building, you know, to play. So we're not taking them lightly at all. Like, we're game-planning for them right now, as we usually do. Uh, they're a very veteran-led team that we have to guard their sets. They have high-level sets, high-level post players, a high-level guard. And we're just guarding a uh, scout team, you know, treating it like it's a real game. You know, we we can't take it for granted. Like, we won by 40, but that's in the past. Like, we, like we're in the present right now. It's our first game back. So we cannot take them for granted.
1: Yeah, I guess my last one for you, Terrence. I, I wonder your, your process. You know, Juwan said, hey, I'm using this not only to look at the, the pause, not only to look at the team or the teams that we're going to play coming off the pause, but I'm watching everyone basically in the Big Ten that we are going to be facing uh, in the second half, I am watching as much of them as I can, of everyone as I can. I am curious, as a player, how did you approach it? Did you spend the time watching yourself? You know, maybe watching the Wisconsin game that you guys had played earlier. You kind of focusing on that. Uh, were you, you know, just watching Wisconsin the games that they play? Were you watching all the Big Ten? How did you, you know, take treat that process of watching other teams during the uh, during the pause? Yeah, so during
3: the pause, I, I was. I, I guarantee I watched mostly every single Big Ten game that was on because I was able to. Like, I didn't have nothing else to do. So, I was like, you know, just let me, you know, check in, see what other teams are doing, like, how they're, you know, playing um their offense. Like, Ohio State. Like, Ohio State uh, shot up the rankings during the two-week qu- – like, where we were in quarantine, I was like, yeah, we're, that's going to be a good matchup when we play them uh two in two Sundays from now. So, you know, I was just watching all types of Big Ten games. Even not – I wasn't just sticking with Big Ten. Like, I was watching uh Baylor. I watched Gonzaga because like, I was watching mostly everybody like different conferences all across the country because I'm just like a basketball fiend, so I like to watch it. But I definitely watch a lot of Big Ten basketball, mostly every single game they had.
1: That's great preparation, man. Hey,
2: hey Sam, Sam, you're my guy. You'll give me one more question. Yeah,
1: go you? for it. Go for it.
2: I know I said it was my last one, on the well, last I'm
3: good. one. I'm good. No, I'm
2: good. no. So, Terrence, I'm just curious. I was sitting here just imagining you watching Baylor and Gonzaga and all these schools. But during that time when you were stuck in your your dorm, uh, what were you doing to work out? Like, like you, were you doing ball handling drills? Were you on a bike? Were you using the, the elastic bands? What, what are all the exercises that you were doing to try to stay in shape, or was it hard to do?
3: Yeah, so um, luckily we didn't stay in dorms. Usually we stay in dorms, like you said, but uh, with COVID, Coach Howard moved us to apartments. So, luckily, my apartment builder has a weight room. So, you know, it's usually packed during the day, and I, I'm not trying to get COVID, you know. So, I usually just go in at nighttime after everybody's gone and I work out. But during the day, I usually run a mile. Like, I run a mile. Uh, they'll send us work, like, uh, I'll stream conditioning because send us workouts. I'll do that workout in the uh, evening, and then I'll go lift later on by myself in the weight room when it's like less empty. So, you know, I, I did have equipment um, wise like force like lifting and stuff but basketball wise i i really barely did anything for basketball that's uh when i came back like it felt you know like touching the basketball like it felt kind of weird because i didn't touch it for two weeks and i was just lifting weights and doing leg training and stretching and stuff like that so you know i had to take like two days to get back like readjusted to you know ball handling you know shooting to like I think I got, like, a little bit stronger over there, break, a little bit, so I had to adjust my shot a little bit. So, stuff like that, yeah.
1: I, I just – what I hear, though, uh, and and this is, I'm sure, the case throughout the team. I mean, think about it. You you lifted. You ran a mile. You watched every game you could watch. You stay connected with your team and your coaches. That is the kind of approach that allows you to come off a off a pause, hitting the ground running. I hey, I'm not saying – I'm like Tim. I'm not saying that it's it's gonna be like you guys never left, but boy, yeah. I think you guys are gonna be as prepared as you possibly can be coming off of this thing.
3: Yeah, for sure. Like we like of course when we got back, it was I'm not gonna lie, it was rust. Like even Coach Howard said that we're gonna be rusty when we come back. We got two weeks off and it just kept our momentum. But if, if we make no excuses, like that's what Coach Howard stressed this whole entire week. We have no we make no excuses, we're not gonna make any excuses. We're gonna lock in for every single practice we have to Prepare for our next game and each game after that, so I think that's what we're doing. That's our mindset, and I think that it is going to help us, you know, maybe for so people can like not be that worried about these upcoming games because I feel like we, we all were prepared to play this game. Like Coach Howard asked us, If uh, do you want to play Wisconsin? We all said yes,
1: mm-hmm. my man Terrence. I was, I agree with Tim. Outstanding interview! Good luck out there this weekend, good luck the rest of the season. And you come back anytime, man. Thanks a lot.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you for having and, me on here. And you know we're going to hit you up again, so be ready, okay? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready all the time.
1: All right.
2: Thanks, Terrence, for talking to you. Appreciate Good it. Luck.
3: Thank
1: you. I like Terrence Williams. I mean, I liked him before. <laughs> I liked him from the NBA Top 100 camp. I liked him from interviews in the past. But, I mean, his process, he, he's exactly who I thought he was, Tim. And that's, that's how I envision the rest of the team. Everything he laid out. Is how I envision the rest of the team treating the pause.
2: Well, he's a winner, and and he reminds me not not the same type of player. Um, Thad Garner was was a, a veteran when I was a freshman, and he was just loaded with substance. You know, he he wasn't the greatest shooter. He, you know, he wasn't necessarily a huge playmaker. He wasn't a stopper on D, but he just did everything well. He just made you better, and every time you needed a big play, he was there to make it. And, and, you know, I remember um, I didn't know much about Terrence. He was not a, a you know, one of the, the five-star recruits. But his coach at Gonzaga Prep in D.C., uh, Steve Turner, uh, is a really good friend. And he's one of the coaches at the Top 100 camp. And he called and said, Tim, I've got a guy for you. He's got to get in this camp. He, he belongs here. You'll love him. And, and, you know, we were able to get Terrence in. Now I did not purposely put him on Zeb Jackson and Franz Wagner, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, um, but I, I watched him closely the two years he was at the top 100 camp and he's loaded with substance and he is the kind of player that just makes plays and helps you win games. So and, and listening to him talk, yep. you can see you can see what he's about.
1: You sure can. You absolutely can. And I, I thought it was refreshing. Here you have uh, him showing the the wisdom of a veteran and knowing just because you beat a team by 40, and I'm sure Jawan has something to do with this, just because you beat a team by 40 doesn't mean they're going to be a pushover the next time you see them. You beat them by 40, they're going to circle that on their calendar just like Minnesota did, right? You know, Michigan beat the breaks off Minnesota, and, and Liam Robbins – uh, next time they they saw him when they went to when they went to uh, the barn, it was like okay, they were ready. And I expect Tim for Wisconsin, even though they haven't been the same team t- to me since they lost that Michigan game four and three. Their record since then, you got to know that this Wisconsin team is going to be ready for Michigan when they walk in the door.
3: Well,
2: you're you're right, and I um I know that on January twelfth, that was an epic blowout and it was one of the best and most complete performances at both ends of the court that I have ever seen from a Michigan team. Uh, to be up by 40 against that caliber of competition. Remember, in November, you and I were saying, yeah, Wisconsin's the favorite, yep. and they've got everybody back, and there's there's really no denying that. Uh, Michigan shot over 50% in that game. They dominated the glass. They only had eight turnovers. 77 points, but nobody scored over 15 no one plays a perfect game, but that was, that was bordering on, on just pure excellence. And, and you're right. The Badgers want payback in a big way, but I will say this, that, that Michigan took Wisconsin's heart and destroyed it in that game. I don't think that Wisconsin has been the same team since then. And, and if you got Michigan, Wisconsin game, they're four and four in their last eight. and, and, I, I think that Wisconsin has become very much perimeter oriented their last five games, Sam, they're shooting under 30 percent from three and that's one of their strengths and and so I still think it's a really good team that's not playing well and I think they'll be ready to go and Sam, I, you know i I'm filled with optimism and I can hear it in your voice too, but you're talking to the fans every day all of your listeners I, I'd love to hear, your perspective, what's the heartbeat of the Michigan fans? You know, I, I think we all feel like there may be an Oakland type of, mm-hmm. of game where where they, they they have a letdown, they're a little bit rusty, but maybe they can still win. What's the heartbeat of the listeners and the
1: fans? Yeah, I have frustration. Frustration, concern that the pause will disrupt this outstanding momentum. We've been over it before. I mean, these, these stats are, are jarring where you look at how Michigan was just running roughshod through the league. You know, they, they, they've, they outside of the game, they lost, obviously, to Minnesota. Uh, and the opener against Penn State that they won by single digits, like four points, they've beaten every team by double digits, Tim. I, I mean, it, it's just been uh, an absolute bloodletting every time they're on the floor, and you don't want to disrupt that. I think there's some projection going on. I think people projecting how they would react, how they would respond, how the frustration would speak through for them. Onto this team. And I think we got to be, be careful of that. I think we got to look at who they were in the first, I'll, I'll call it the first half or pre pause. Listen to the, who they were, how they responded to adversities that they faced, whether it was the Oakland game, right? Or the loss to, to Minnesota. Or you, you've had different guys, so, you know, look at Hunter and the, the, the way that teams have, have started to blitz him. Every sign of adversity, this team, has responded in a resounding fashion. And I whether it's projecting how we would react on onto them or looking at a team like Michigan State and seeing how they came off the pause and projecting that onto Michigan, I think that, that we got to avoid that. You want to know where the pulse of the Michigan fans are? Not as optimistic as we are at this point. More concerned, more cautious in their optimism. But I think if they take Michigan for who they were heading into the pause listen to Terrence Williams, listen to Jawan Howard, and listen to the, you know, the, the the way that they've approached the mindset part of this, I think it'll build some of that optimism back up.
2: Yeah. Hey, and, and, you know, Michigan's really good with potential win it all. And I know that because the voice of college basketball, Dick Vitale, told us last week, Sam, what did he say about Michigan's potential against anybody?
1: Yeah, legitimate contender. They can beat anyone on any given night. So... Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I and I like this, I like this matchup. Uh, you know, you you know that they are gonna come ready to play. Uh, but I we saw some, I think we saw some dings in the armor against uh Wisconsin. I mean, I you, you saw some frustration with Micah Potter really, really uh shine through there. Uh, you know, he, he's had some some games here of late where you kind of look at him and say, you can get to that guy. You also saw you know Michigan do a great job of contesting, uh, you know, contesting shots at the three-point line. Running them off their spots, Tim, was a big part of that game, uh, and that really bothered Wisconsin. Now, they missed some open looks too, but I think Michigan has a really good formula heading into this contest.
2: Well, they're too deep at every position. I want Zeb Jackson to step forward. He's one game away from getting into the rotation. I think he can do it. Um, Michigan can play multiple speeds, fast or slow. It doesn't matter. Um, they've got three-point and post-balance they've got five weapons on the court at all times and i think that this is this is a hidden key franz and isaiah are going to be in the nba next year this is the time right now where veteran players start to shine and they they start to win games and they start to pump up their draft status a little bit you know that's on their mind and and maybe the 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 one point that i had not thought about that you brought up and i appreciate is that Hunter Dickinson will have a fresh mind? He's caught his breath. He's seen those double teams coming. He knows how to deal with them a little bit more. I think that 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 freshman wall is going to get knocked down and crushed, and he'll be ready to go. Yeah,
1: it's probably like that first workout he had where he's like, "Oh man, I don't know how I'm gonna, how I'm gonna get through this." He made it through. I think this uh, these double teams and that wall that you know teams are put up against him. I think he's going to get through this the very same way Tim it is always such a pleasure for those of you who listen to and like this podcast be sure to rate and review it if you've done that just spread the word tell all your friends they can find the Michigan Basketball Insider wherever they get their podcasts whether it's Google, Stitcher, Spotify, especially iTunes, wherever just search Michigan Insider podcast and you'll see the Michigan Basketball Insider right there and we'll be back next week Tim and We'll have some actual games to talk about, my man. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I can't wait, Sam. Great job today. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to the Michigan Basketball Insider.
0: Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. you ready, Bob. Well, all right. Bob. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.